Welcome to the Surviving Second Gen Podcast, where we candidly discuss the mental health impacts of being a second generation immigrant in America. I'm your host, Jennifer Ippolit, a Haitian American child of two immigrant parents, as well as a licensed mental health counselor. My hope is that this podcast leaves you feeling heard, understood, and empowered to apply tangible takeaways that can help you navigate all the things that come with being second gen. All right, welcome to episode three of the Surviving Second Gen podcast. I'm excited to continue the conversation. So if you haven't yet, please go back to episode two um, and uh, listen to that episode because we're talking about the psychosocial stages of development. And um, we started with the ages of three to five years old. So that one of the first very early psychosocial stages and really describe that. So this episode is a part two where we're going to go a little bit deeper and going into a another stage of development that happens between the ages of 12 and 18 years old. So yeah, go ahead and listen, run that back first, that other episode, and then come back to this episode if you haven't listened to it yet. So this episode is talking about the psychosocial stages of development by Eric Erickson, as we were saying before. And we're talking about the stage where we're going through identity versus role confusion. And this is the stage that happens between the ages of 12 and 18 years old. This stage is a very, very crucial one. So this is adolescence, okay? Um, And when we talk about this stage, this developmental stage, this is the stage where as a child, you're facing the challenge of developing a sense of self. So you begin to form your identity by really examining the things you believe, your values, your goals. And this is a stage where you're really sinking into becoming more independent. So in the previous stages, you're learning how to be independent, you're practicing it. And in this stage, you really are learning and applying how to be more independent. And this is also a stage, this is also a stage where you're beginning to look at the future in terms of your career, your relationships, families, housing, all these things. So more so how you are really going to uh, identify and fit into society. And this stage is so crucial because again, it's this is the stage where you're really solidifying your identity. So you're solidifying it. So Erickson defines identity as a fundamental organizing principle, which develops constantly throughout the lifespan. Fundamental organizing principle. That's a big deal. So this is really the foundation of how you develop who you become. This is, it sets the stage for that. So this isn't necessarily saying that once you identify your identity in this stage that it cannot change. This is something that um, in this stage, 
um, Erickson does say that this is the foundation that sets the stage for your identity, but that identity can change, but you are creating your core sense of self in this stage. And basically when you successfully complete this stage, it leads for, to you having that strong sense of self that you will be able to keep constant throughout your lifetime. So I hope that makes sense. Um, because you may be thinking, well, how does that happen? Well, your identity, and um, this is from verywellmind.com, their uh, website, and I think they have a podcast too, where they talk about um, different psychological ideas, theories, just psychology as a whole. Um, So they did a very good job of explaining it by saying identity involves the experiences, relationships, beliefs, values, and memories that make up a person's subjective sense of self. Okay, so that's how they create this sense of who they are is through these different things. This helps create a continuous self-image that remains fairly consistent even as new aspects of self are developed or strengthened over time. So that's what we mean by this stage being the fundamental organizing principle because you're creating an an identity, a sense of self that's going to pretty much stay the same, but you're learning new things at the same time that can create new ideas um, that help you develop your sense of self or strengthen different parts of you over a period of time in your life. And this is what allows you to have this strong psychosocial development, right? So this strong mental health within yourself and being able to understand other people as well. This is how you become who you are in sense of how unique you are, how you stand out in this world, what makes you um, different and bring certain things to this world. Um, And then there's also, um, they say that the identity provides self-sameness. So a sense of continuity within yourself and an interaction with other people, which I think is really, really important where you feel within yourself that you understand the core of who you are and that remains pretty constant And even in the interactions that you have with other people around you, that remains constant, right? So you're not a person who uh, always feels like they have to mold to the environment to fit in. You are who you are wherever you are. Ooh, that's a good one. And fidelity. So each cycle stage, psychosocial stage of development has a a different... um, value or principle that you're trying to learn and fidelity is a core value that is learned in this stage um and that's being able to um commit commit oneself to other people um despite has seeing differences in in that person so basically being able to accept others no matter how they are or what their background is, you're able to accept that people have differences and still choose to commit yourself with other people, whether that's platonically or in the romantic sense. So basically in this stage, if you're allowed to explore and test out different identities and really figure out who they are, then you don't end up being in role confusion. 
you end up having a strong sense of your identity. What leads to role confusion, which is the other end of this stage, is you not being able to explore those things. You not being able to build upon your sense of identity that was happening in earlier stages. You not being able to really explore your beliefs and your goals and the things that you want. Um, And role confusion can really happen when you're really unaware of who you are and how you fit into this world. And if you're not given the opportunity to do that in this stage, then you're going to continue to have this sense of, you're going to continue to not have a strong sense of self throughout your lifetime. So what Erickson says happens with role confusion is that you become super unsure of you. You can tend to be someone who drifts from one job or one relationship to another. You can be, you can feel disappointed or confused about where you are in life. And the really, really, uh, I think poignant thing about this is that if you as a parent, so if you have a parent, when we think about, uh, the caregivers in our lives, when you, as a, when the parent tries to pressure the child to conform to their own values and beliefs that leads to role confusion. So let's talk for a minute. Okay. Let's talk about immigrant parents and their, their, um, inability to encourage the value of fidelity as well as identity exploration which are the things that we're trying to accomplish in this stage of development, which according to American society, right, these are the different stages of development that each individual should be able to go through and go through successfully to become a whole secure adult, right? But when we compare it to some of the messages and some of the experiences that you may receive as a second generation immigrant, you may not quite go through these stages very cut and dry. It may not work out so well. So yeah, let's talk about the immigrant parents' ability to help individuals get through this stage. So when we talk about fidelity, so that's one of the major core principles of this stage, we're talking about letting your child meet and interact with other people so they can learn the importance of differences and be able to commit, quote unquote, to people despite those differences. So when we talk about the previous stage, the industry versus inferiority stage, this is the time that you're in grade school, right? And we were talking about parents being able to encourage you in this stage to make friends or create friendships. But typically the immigrant parent, there is this fear to create um, friendships with other people, especially people who are outside of the foreign community. So going back to this stage, 
if you weren't allowed to create friendships outside of this community that you have that you know then you're going to come into this stage and it's going to be hard to commit to individuals despite their differences despite who they are because you were never encouraged to have friends in the first place (laughs) especially friends who don't look like you or friends who have different backgrounds than you and that fidelity is important because it's really the it's teaching you the foundation of being able to commit (laughs) basically commit to something this is why when you don't accomplish this stage well you can kind of be someone who struggles with that struggles with with figuring out where you want to be job wise where you want to be relationship wise um how to really find your place in the society because you really what you really weren't given that encouragement to um commit to accepting differences if that makes sense right like are you are you seeing the connection there the connection of just not being pushed to explore things then understand them so that you can commit to them that's the issue that's where the conflict arises or the identity crisis arises because there isn't that opportunity to do that when you are a child of immigrants when you're a child of immigrants a lot of times the fears of your parents is what drives you even when it comes to friendships so if your parents you know have a fear of integrating into a society and reasonably so right so they have their own fears traumas um situations or experiences that that they that they've been through that drive them to think a certain way a lot of times that trauma follows you too and they are expecting you to adhere to certain things that for them makes perfect sense, right? And that's with anybody, anybody who is leading their life out of their traumatic backgrounds or experiences, they're gonna do the things that make them feel safe or that make them feel secure, the things that they know that they have to do to cope if they have no other skills. So if coping to them means staying in their community where they feel like in their community, they know what to expect from people. They know how to interact with people and and navigate situations and conversations well, right? When you think about all the barriers that a first-generation immigrant is going through, it makes sense they're going to want to stick to their community, right? It makes sense that they're going to stick around people that, for them, feel safe. But then how does that affect a second-generation immigrant who doesn't necessarily have to stick to their community that they know to fit in? Or they don't have to only, you know communicate with people who their parents have complete understanding of to be successful so that that's that's the issue that's where the conflict arises because 
the parents, the first generation immigrants feel like, you know, they know, they know these things, they understand these things. And a lot of it may out come out of their way of protecting you, right? This is their way they feel like they can protect you. Um, but at the same time, they may be setting the stage for a lot of confusion, a lot of confusion for you starting in childhood that really follows you into adulthood, right? Because when we think about this form, this formative stage um, that Erickson says really lays the foundation basically of your sense of self and that formative stage isn't um, enriched by the caregivers that you have in your life or really, you know, anyone in this um, your immediate community, then yeah, you're, go- you're going to constantly be in a struggle of figuring out who you are as an adult, because that foundation was not set for you in adolescence. So even though now you may be a 20 year old, a 30 year old, a 40 year old who has to make certain decisions, um, and come to certain conclusions that for yourself would make sense, you're not able to do it. You're not able to do that and do it with a sense of confidence, right? That confidence that you needed, that was a stage that you were supposed to effectively traverse when you were, when you were 10 years old didn't happen, So now you're a 40-year-old who doesn't have the confidence to stand strong in making certain decisions. Or you're a 32-year-old who doesn't really know how to navigate relationships with other people because you didn't really have the chance to explore what um, learning people and learning interpersonal skills and interacting with others and committing to other people and their differences in your adolescence. So that's where we're at when we think about how this affects us as adults. We are now adults, a lot of second generation immigrants who really don't know what to do. (laughs) Basically, like, what do you do in this thing called life? How do you do it? How do you show up as your true authentic self? Um, and do it in a way that um, really makes sense for you. But then when you're exploring that, right, there's going to be some conflict. And this is what's hard when you want to explore these, um, when you want to explore who you are and really feel comfortable in that, but you still have a first-generation immigrant parent who is projecting a lot of their fears onto you. How do you manage that? Because you know at this stage that you are in your life, you should be confident. You should know what you want. You should know how to navigate the workplace and the relationship space and all these different areas in your life, but you can't. And when you do try to and when you do try to get to a space where you can, it's almost like it's discouraged because, again, the first generation immigrant 
parent is wanting you to conform to what they feel is the best for you based on their own experiences, their own stuff, right? And that is a continuous, continuous conflict because different situations tend to arise as you go through different stages in your life. You know, there are situations that come up in your 20s, in your 30s, um, your early 20s versus your late 20s that really um, make you realize that, man, I'm, I'm dealing with some stuff here that I'm trying to work through. And when those things come up, it's like, what do you do? Because, you know, for a lot of people, you know, when you're dealing with a sense of not knowing what to do or how to work through things, you may just want to talk to your parents. But... <laughs> But um, if you're a second generation immigrant and your parents are the ones perpetuating this idea that uh, this idea that there is a way for you to be based on who they are, it's hard to go to them <laughs> because they're probably not going to be very encouraging in the sense of wanting you to explore when we go back to like education, right? And that stage of development where, you know, there is supposed to be encouragement for certain um, ways that you show yourself academically. And um, also there's a chance, there's a moment in that time where you kind of start to explore what life looks like for you career-wise. But that's gonna be interrupted and kind of changed if you have a parent who's like, you should be a nurse, you should be an engineer, you should be a doctor, and that's that. You need to get all the grades that you need to, to, to get to that space. You need to apply to the colleges that'll get you there. And that's what you do. <laughs> so what happens, right? when you're supposed to be exploring these things because there's way more careers out there than being a nurse or a doctor or an engineer. Um, so when you feel that sense of wanting to explore, but it's like the messaging is very much these are the things that you're doing. This is what you do as a child of immigrants who is in this country and given this opportunity, you better be the best darn lawyer engineer whatever you can be and that's that that's a real conflicting message <laughs> to you know being in the school environment where they're telling you yeah explore what you want to do in life what career you want to you know um be in I mean, when I think about myself, I'm a former school counselor, and that's what I did. I went into classrooms and did classrooms lessons where we had to teach kindergarteners up until fifth graders so this is when I was working in elementary school we had to teach them of, of course developmentally appropriate but teach them what different jobs were right so of course for like a kindergartner you could talk about things like police officer or you know firefighter or nurse you know those are a little bit more simpler and broad and then when you get to another level, like fifth grade, you can really go deep and talk about, you know, the different um, the different careers, um, the different major job fields and the careers within 
those job fields and what that looks like and what the work environment is, the pay that can be expected. And then in fifth grade, they have to actually do a report where they like look through all of that and, you know, figure out, you know, which one makes sense for them based on the exploration that they did as a 10 year old. So, so compare that to going home and being told you're going to be a nurse (laughs) or you're going to be a lawyer. So, you know, if that's the message that you got at 10, that's going to be the message that's going to be running in your head at 40 when you may get into a space where you want to change careers and you want to try something different. And it might seem almost impossible to explore like, is it okay to explore careers? Is it okay to change what I want to do or what I said that I wanted to do all of my life? What what does that look like and what are the repercussions for that? Um, and you may have not even had reached that stage had you given been given the opportunity to explore in your adolescence and given the opportunity to choose what you wanted to do as a career. <laughs> so you didn't have to get to the stage where you're 30 and realizing, ah, this career don't, doesn't make no sense. It doesn't really fit my sense of self because I don't know about anybody else, but I know for myself and even for what I tell my clients, you know, when it comes to career, like I, I enjoy career exploration, helping people find find the right fit for them. But I really do think it's important for people to be in careers that they enjoy. Yes, pay is great. Don't get me wrong. Pay is great. Okay, we're in the middle of, you know, a huge inflation. There's a lot going on. I get it. However, when we think about long term um, happiness, long term sense of fulfillment, I think it's really valuable for all of us to do work that we find value in. Right. We do work that we honestly, truly want to do, the work that makes us feel good. So, so yeah, I will always stand by that. So I think it's unfortunate that, you know, we have to be adults that have to question that and really think about if we're even able to do that. And that is a mental health issue that is now leading, you know, adults who are second generation immigrants to really have to figure out like their identity and their sense of self. Um, And that also comes with depression. You know, when you think about someone who is really trying to figure out if they are doing what they're supposed to be doing to fit into society. If they're struggling with maintaining friendships um, and doing it in a way that is healthy, maintaining relationships and being able to stick in those relationships in a healthy fashion, those are all things that things that can create mental stress for individuals that can develop into depression, that can develop into anxiety. These are the two mental health issues that I see second generation immigrants dealing with, um, even just adjustment issues. So being able to work through life transitions are things that that are difficult 
for second generation immigrants because the idea of change and how to navigate that is difficult. Um, because again, when you don't have the opportunity to explore things and see that there are options and there are ways to um, work through the things that you don't understand or the challenges, it becomes really hard to adjust the changes as an adult. Um, and that's, that's a skill that's needed to just be able to be flexible and adapt to different changes, especially in different environments. When you think about work and the work that you do, um, really, I don't know any job where you really don't have to be able to adapt to change. That's just the work culture in the U.S. So, yeah, those are the struggles that end up being prevalent in an adult child of immigrants life when they didn't really get to accomplish these roles in the best way, given the the ability to accomplish these these different stages of development adequately. So, yeah, that that for me is, you know, um, the struggle, the struggle of being second gen. And that for me is a thing that we need to talk about more because we're dealing with a lot of individuals who come from a space of wanting to be okay, you know, as a child and wanting to be okay as an adult but not given the tools to be okay, to have the tools to feel a good sense of who they are and really uh, dive into that without feeling shame or guilt or doubt or all these icky feelings that come when, you know, that should be normalized. (laughs) It should be normalized to want to understand who you are, want to hold beliefs that feel good to you, want to be able to navigate relationships in a healthy manner, Um, basically not do all the things that you're told should be done, but do the things that really speak to you. So that's what we're encouraging on this podcast. So thank you for really tuning into this episode today. I hope that deep dive helped you think more about your messaging, the messaging that you have received in your childhood all the way through adolescence and how that conflict, um, how those conflicting messages um may have impacted how you show up now in the adult world. So I think just talking more about that can really be helpful to know that you're not alone in that struggle. It's definitely an an issue. And there are things that we can be proactively doing as we're aware of this issue and aware of the vast majority of, you know, child of immigrants that are dealing with this issue so stay tuned for the next episode as we go into more of these uh life transitions and things that come up in different stages of life 
and explore the conflicting messages and how sometimes it could be really hard to just survive out here at second gen if you found today's episode valuable or this podcast as a whole i invite you to leave a five-star review and also leave a comment letting others know what you gain from this episode This allows for our podcast to gain more visibility and for it to reach the people that want to hear this information. Also, we invite you to engage in the comments on the YouTube page, Surviving Second Gen Podcast, so we can continue this rich conversation that we're having today.